Hello and welcome to The Conjectural, an experiment in science news. I'm Robert Frederick. In this show, a story about confidence, making mistakes, learning from them, and moving on with scientific research. There are some real social benefits of appearing to be confident even when you're not. Of course, that's no surprise. Julie Andrews even sang about it in the 1965 movie The Sound of Music. I have confidence in confidence alone. Oh, help. But everything turned out just fine for Julie Andrews' character, Maria. After all, she had the knowledge and ability to be a perfect governess for the Von Trapp family. But what about when that confidence is unjustified? As cognitive psychologist Eric Stone puts it, Does having confidence in your abilities, in your knowledge, when that confidence is not, in fact, justified by your knowledge or your actual abilities, is that type of misplaced confidence a good or a bad thing? And by good or bad? So by good and bad, I mean very generally good or bad outcomes. So anything that would impact you or your organization positively versus negatively. So I mean that very broad in terms of actual outcomes. So you might be overly confident in applying for a job you're unqualified for, but get it anyway and have a great salary and benefits. That's good. But then you end up being fired for incompetence. That's bad. You might be overly confident in your abilities as a doctor and so see a lot of patients in a short amount of time. That's good. But sometimes you didn't seek out the additional information you should have when doing medical diagnoses. And those patients you incorrectly diagnosed and treated sue you for malpractice. That's bad. You might be overly confident in how well you drive and your darting in and out of traffic typically gets you to where you want to go quickly. That's good. But then you flip your car by taking a corner too fast and end up in the hospital. That's bad. Of course, if you don't take risks, Eric says. If you don't take risks, good things won't happen to you. So it may well be that the impact of confidence is to increase risk-taking, but the impact of risk-taking, whether that's good or bad, depends on the actual situation that we're talking about. The situations Eric studies are wide-ranging, from the good or bad outcomes from decisions made by financial analysts to the good or bad outcomes from decisions made by teenagers. Eric's a cognitive psychology professor at Wake Forest University and researches judgment and decision-making, how decisions are made, and how they can be improved. And really, to this state, there just is not much work that has really addressed which one of those beliefs is true. Is confidence good or bad when that confidence is not justified by actual knowledge? And if it depends, what does it depend on? So what are the factors actually determine when confidence is good or bad? Again, we're talking about misplaced confidence, when confidence is not justified by actual knowledge or abilities. And it's been sort of assumed that overconfidence is bad. It's been described as one of the seven deadly sins. I mean, how horrible is that? We're just all egotistical, sort of stuck-up people. But then at the same time, 
there is some academic work and a lot of work in the media and sort of a common layperson belief that it's good to be confident, right? That people who are confident may get better jobs. Lots of good things happen to them. There's even been some work out recently on confidence poses, where sort of striking a confident pose can increase your confidence. And the assumption there is that that confidence is going to bring about a lot of positive effects. That assumption comes from other scientists, like Amy Cuddy, a social psychologist and associate professor at Harvard Business School. In her 2012 TED Talk, she talked about power poses, so standing like a superhero with fists on hips, elbows out, and legs at least shoulder-width apart. In her research, she asked if striking a power pose for two minutes would make you feel more powerful and so more confident. The answer, she found, was yes. And there's a lot of reason to, be- to, to believe that this is, this is a valid way to look at this. So social scientists have spent a lot of time looking at the effects of of our body language or other people's body language on judgments. And we make sweeping judgments and inferences from body language. And those judgments can predict really meaningful life outcomes like who we hire or promote, um, who we ask out on a date. But not what happens after that. So if you use power poses but are really just a power poser because your confidence is misplaced and unjustified by your actual knowledge or abilities, Scientists don't yet know how to predict the outcome, ultimately, and in which situations it may be good or bad to have such unjustified confidence. Part of the reason for not knowing, Eric says, is that psychologists have been using two different analytical methods to analyze their data. Not knowing which to choose for his team's data, Eric decided to try both. We analyzed our data with both of them and were rather bothered by the fact that they led to different conclusions. And that's a problem, not only for his team's research, but for the researchers who had used these same analytical methods before. We were having trouble wrapping our heads around it. And this is why the field, including us, had made some mistakes. We're not all just stupid. It really is fairly tricky. This led us to basically ask, well, what's different about these two methods when they both seem intuitively correct? To figure it out, they needed more data. So one option would have been to get a hold of data from, say, 50 to 100 different experiments. However, because this is a very new field, those experiments don't exist yet. We could have conducted them, but that would have taken roughly 500 years, which we didn't have. So instead, what we did was we manufactured some data under different hypothetical circumstances called simulations. And each simulation basically meant we constructed about a million data points. Fake people? Fake people. A million fake people, in fact. Simulating a million fake people allowed the researchers to systematically vary how outcomes correlated with knowledge or confidence, as well as how knowledge and confidence correlated with one another. In analyzing their data with the two different approaches, what we found was that in the majority, not all, but in the majority of the cases, the two analytic approaches 
produced very different answers to the questions. That does call into question the conclusions of some past research, but that kind of thing is pretty normal for science. Rather than writing past wrongs, Eric says he's focused on making sure the field has the right analytical approaches going forward. Because this is such a new field, we want to make sure that the field gets off really on the right track in starting to answer this question, these questions for real. And again, these questions are, is it good or bad to have misplaced confidence? And so begin to answer those questions for real for everyone including power posers. I have confidence in confidence alone. Besides which you see, I have confidence in me. You've been listening to The Conjectural. Thanks to Eric Stone of Wake Forest University for being on the show. Find a transcript online at theconjectural.com. Give feedback and support and subscribe to the show. Find us on SoundCloud and Apple's iTunes, too. Follow me on Twitter at The Conjectural. I'm Robert Frederick. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us.